Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Praise God. I'm not having no dead church service today. Well, somebody might walk out on you, Pastor. Well, they, they walked out on me before. They walked out on Jesus. I had a man walk out on me recently. Had been with me for years. Got mad because I told my wife she was pretty publicly. You wonder sometimes people when they leave, you wonder, that pastor, I wonder, wonder what he did. Wonder what he did. Well, I might have just told my wife she was beautiful publicly. Huh? Isn't that something? I said, isn't that something? Isn't that so? I had one lady leave recently. She came in 15 years ago crabbing and complaining. Crabbed and complained 15 years. Walked out the same way she walked in. I wasn't able to help. See, you, you see, this one leaves, that one leaves. Oh, what did the pastor do? You don't realize what I got to deal with sometimes. I got to deal with some, some nuts. Did you, can I just talk? Can we, you remember Joan Rivers? She said, can we talk? How many remembers Joan Rivers? So can we, now I don't, I don't care for some of the stuff she does, but back years ago, she used to say, can we talk? Sometimes we just need to have a little talk. You need to hear some of the stuff I have to go through sometimes. <laughs> Wonder why they left the church. Well, maybe they're, maybe, maybe they're just, maybe they, maybe they just got mad because I told my wife she's pretty. My God, there's some stupidity out there, isn't there? Isn't, isn't that something? Jeremiah, and you know, it's real easy when you're dealing with stupidity. How many has ever dealt with stupidity besides me? Huh? I'm off my notes already. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's real easy to lose your hope when you'd have to deal with stupidity. How many has ever dealt with a, I just feel like throwing my coat. Can you catch son? Come on, catch my coat. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's got to practice on that. I was preaching in an all-black church once. I got so excited, I started dancing. And I tell you what, you can preach among the black people. Bless God, I love them. And I just, shoo, I, look at that, I found money. Look at that, I found a dime. Praise God. Here, I'll flip it out to one of you people. And Praise God. Was it heads or tails? All right, praise God. Amen. Do you want to kick or receive? What do you want to do? <laughs> he, he knows what I'm talking about. Nobody else does. All right. Jeremiah 20. Anyway, like these businesses, sometimes how many's ever been used and abused by a business? They'll, they'll, they'll hire you, they'll use you, and they'll ride you for so long. And then I even know some businesses, they'll, they'll lay people off right before they hit retirement so they don't have to... Re- Isn't that sad? How many of you know when all that stuff is going, going on in your life and there's all kinds of stupidity? And, and, and this, this nation, have you noticed in this nation, how many know, notice beside me, there's a spirit of poverty settling down on it? I tell you, you kick God out of the school system and you kick God out of government and you kick God out of the foundations, poverty will come in. Did you hear me? How many recognize that besides me? Poverty. Oh, my. And, and there's an, oppress, an oppression in this land that I haven't noticed before. And it's real easy when, when, when everything's not seemingly going right. How many has faced some challenges here recently besides me? How many realizes in this economy there's some challenging things going on in this economy? And it's real easy to lose hope. And how, how many how has how been tempted to lose hope recently besides me? My God. But you know what? 
Notice here in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a, fu- to give you a future and a what? To give you a future and a hope. Now notice... If everything else is going wrong, if your boss is treating you bad, if you're dealing with stupidity, if this one's leaving you and that one's leaving you and this isn't going right, that's not going right, you got your pink slip and you got a two-week notice and, and you're going to be without a job and just seems like all hell is breaking loose again, you, this is a good verse to go to because the Bible says that God's been thinking about you and He's been thinking about me. Amen? And and thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. Realize, say, I got hope. hope. Say, I've got hope because I've got God. Say, God's been thinking about me. How do you know that? Because he said so in his word. I've come this morning with good news. I've got good news for you. I like what that one radio station said, good news for a change. Thank God, good news. You know, what is the gospel? The gospel means good news. Is that right? Good news. Hope for the future. There's some people here today, you need to hear what I have to say from the word of God because it's going to do you some good. Good news, hope for the future. As I said, many people have lost hope. Notice Paul in Acts the 27th chapter in the 20th verse, Acts 27.20, Acts 27.20, notice this. Notice he, he had been in a terrible storm and there was a, they were about to have a shipwreck. And notice in Acts 27 verse 20, now they didn't know for sure there was going to be a shipwreck. We know that because we're reading and looking back at it. But try to put yourself in the shoes of Paul. He's on this, this uh, ship. They're taking him to Rome and he's a prisoner. And he's on this ship, and uh, if you read the story, he didn't have peace about going, but he didn't have any choice because he was a prisoner. He had warned them not to go, but you know, sometimes money is more important to people than than even safety. Did you realize that? And he warned them not to go, but they're going to go anyway. He's a prisoner, so off they go. And, And there's a big, bad storm was brewing and came up. And notice in verse 20, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days... I'll say it another way. It was dark for many days. How many of you, it seems like it's been dark for many days? Huh? It is dark for many days. I don't necessarily mean even in the natural. I'm talking about spiritual things, oppression. It just seems dark. seems like, how can I go another day? How can I get up another morning? How can I face another day? How can I, how can I make it through another day? Well, Paul was in a situation here with, with a couple hundred other fellas. They were on a ship. And they hadn't seen sun or stars for many days. And no small tempest beat on us. That means there was a big bad storm beating on them. And notice what the Bible says here. All hope that we would be saved was what? Finally? You know that's a horrible place to be. I said that is a horrible place to be. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. When you get there, then there is no reason to get up in the morning when all hope is lost. And uh, good time to quit right here. But notice in verse 21, but after long absence from food, Paul evidently, much we could say, maybe he was fasting here, seeking God. You know, when, you, when, when all hope is seemingly lost, that'd be a good time to start seeking God, wouldn't it? And, and Paul stood in the midst of them and said, man, you should have listened to me. 
and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart. See, he's urging them, take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. All right, you're going to lose the ship, but no life will be lost. Now, how do you know that? Verse 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Isn't it good when all hope is seemingly lost, God's still sitting on the throne, isn't he? He still has angels in that time, doesn't he? Uh, How many of you know the economy of the United States doesn't affect God at all? Is that right? And he said in verse 23, There stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Notice what he was doing here. He he evidently was praying for the other people that were on the ship with him, and God granted all of their lives to him. You know, I tell you what, when, when all hope seemingly lost, start seeking God and start praying. And just don't be praying about yourself, but be praying for other people as well. Can you say amen? And he said, verse 25, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. I'm standing here today, sent by the Lord, saying, Take heart, ladies and gentlemen. Take heart. God is still on the throne. Jesus is still seated at his right hand. Uh, the Holy Ghost is still in the earth. We still have the word of God. We still have the name of Jesus. We still have the blood of Jesus. We still have the angels of God. We still have the power of God. We still have the, the authority in the name of Jesus. Can anybody say amen? amen? Yeah, but I don't have any money. Well, if you got all that other stuff, the money will come. Amen? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed doing what? Begging bread. Romans 15, 13. Notice why we can take heart. Notice Romans 15, 13. Be quick with your Bible. Be quick with your sword. Be like the rifle man. Does anybody know who the rifle man is? Chuck Connors. We ought to have a Bible chicken practice, you know? You know what I mean? How many of you, you don't know what I'm talking about. I can't help you. All right. Remember how many of you know Rifleman walked down and he'd go with that gun, right? We ought to have our rifle with us at all times. Is that right? The Word of God, we ought to know how to find Scripture. We ought to know how to look things up. Is that right? How many of you know we ought to just rely on that screen up there? Is that right? How many of you know we shouldn't just rely on the screens? Let's be looking. How many of you know that screen? I could have doctored that screen, but if you come in here with your Bible, you'll know it's right. Is that correct? So to bring your Bible with you, Romans 15, 13. Now... Now the Bible says, may the God of what? God of what? God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. And you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can take heart. Why can we take heart? Because we serve a God of hope. We serve a God. He's known as the God of hope. The real loud say the God of hope. Yeah, he's the God of hope. And you know... Being the God of hope, when you're the God of hope, you know one thing you have to specialize in? You have to specialize in turning hopeless situations around. And that's what God specializes in. He specializes in turning hopeless situations around. I've noticed people in the Bible, in my own life and other people, when a hopeless situation arises, things get hopeless, you know, and everybody's down. Oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what? God, he just looks at that as an opportunity to be himself and do what he does best. Turn that situation around. Amen? Amen. 
So when we're in a hopeless situation, we don't need to give up. You know what we need to do? We need to turn to God because He's the God of hope. And what does He specialize in? He specializes in turning hopeless situations around. Real loud, say this. Say, God specializes in turning hopeless situations around. Moses at the Red Sea. Was that a hopeless situation? God turned it around. Pharaoh's men were coming. God caused a big fire and cloud and it was bright on one side, dark on the other. You can read it. It held Pharaoh's men off. How many remembers that? It held the army of Pharaoh back. And, and, and then God, what did he do? He parted the Red Sea, didn't he? And, and, and Moses, he, hit, he took the people through on dry ground. Is that right? <clears throat> and then after he got everybody through, then, then that, that bright cloud or that whatever it was, that pillar was lifted. Here comes Pharaoh's men. And what happened? They were drowned in the sea. Is that right? So God turned that hopeless situation around, didn't he? Wasn't, doesn't the Bible talk about some lepers that sat at a gate one time? There was poverty, not poverty, but famine actually, famine behind them because the city had been cut off, you know. Remember the lepers at the gate? How many remembers the lepers at the gate? And, they, and they're at the gate. And, and behind them, because the army of the enemy had cut off the city. No food could get in. There was, there, there was famine in the city. And, and they're standing at this gate. And the army of the enemy is out, is out this way, you see, out, out surrounded. And they're standing at the gate. And they don't have any food. And, and they're about to die. And, and one of them said, you know, if, if we go back into the city, if we go back there, there's no food. We're going to surely die. If we go out this way, the army of, uh, of the enemies out there, we're going to die. And if we just stand still, we're going to die. Well, you don't want choice one, two, or three, do you? No hope. But you know what one of them said? He said, why do we stand here until we die? Well, just don't just stand here. He said, if we stand here, we know we're going to die. If we go back there in the city, we know we're going to die. Why don't we take a chance and go out toward the enemy why don't we press out toward the enemy and how many of you know the bible says at twilight they began to move toward the enemy and the bible says at that same instant at that same moment god caused among the enemy there to be a great sound and the enemy thought that there was an army coming against them and they got all nervous and excited and they ran off and when the lepers got out there guess what they had all the food of the enemy to eat Glory to God. What does that teach us? In a hopeless situation, we don't need to stand still. We don't need to retreat. But what do we do? We move forward. Can anybody say amen? amen. Say, I'm not standing still. I'm not going to retreat. Say, I'm moving forward. Praise God. And then there's another situation. How many remembers the widow of Zarephath? See, she was about to die there was no food left, right? And, 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 and she was about, what I, what I mean by about to die, it, 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 she had no food. She just had a little bit. And, it, and if things would have went on as they were, she would eventually die of starvation. But God sent a man named Elijah over to her house. And remember, when he showed up, God sent him over there. And he said, uh, he said go make me something to eat. And she said, I don't have anything but just a little, little meal and a little oil. Remember that? She was in a hopeless situation. She said, I, I don't have much. And, and he said, well, well, well go, make, uh, go make me uh, uh, a cake. A little, and, and, you know, go make a cake and bring me a little bit of it, you see. 
And so uh, she said, well, I don't have much, but you know what? She was in a hopeless situation, but she did what the man of God said do. And she brought him a little piece of that cake first, if you will. And you know, the Bible says that there was much to eat and, and, and so on for many days. What did God do there? He turned a hopeless situation around. Say, my God turns hopeless situations around. Remember that one prophet, that man of God? He had uh, not been very wise in finances and he died and he left his wife in horrible financial straits. How many remember that? And he's dead and now the Bible says the creditor's coming. He's going to take away the two sons that she had. I think there were two sons that she was gonna, the creditor was going to take. And she was in a hopeless situation. What am I going to do? My husband's dead. He was the breadwinner. He's dead. What am I going to do? The creditor's coming. What am I going to do? Well, there was another man named Elisha, you know. He showed up. I remember that story. He shows up and uh, he says, get all the containers you can find. And and then remember she began, she didn't have much oil, as it were, I think as the story goes. And she began to pour the oil. Remember that? And And then she filled up one container and then she filled up another container and then she filled up another container. And then she filled How many remembers that story? That's miraculous. What is that? That's God turning a hopeless situation around. And then when all of the vessels were used up and full of oil, then the oil stopped. And then the man of God said, take this oil and go pay off your debts. What is that? It's God turning a hopeless situation around. What does God specialize in? He specializes in turning hopeless situations around. Amen. How many of you know the Bible says Jehoshaphat? He was surrounded. Actually, he wasn't surrounded. He had an armies coming against him. Armies coming against him. Armies coming against him. And, and he was afraid. But what did he do? He set himself to seek the Lord. How many of you remember that? And, and he proclaimed a fast. And they got together and they sought God. Remember, when you're facing a hopeless situation, that's not the time to say, Oh my God, what are we going to do? That's the time to get down on your knees and begin to seek the face of God and begin to pray and look to Him and seek Him because He's the God of hope. And He can turn a hopeless situation around. He specializes in it. And Jehoshaphat called a fast and he called the people to come together and pray and seek God. And as they got together... and they prayed and they sought God, the power of God, the anointing, the power of God, the presence of God came on Jehaziel. That was one of the fellows there and he began to prophesy. And and just in my own words, here's what the Lord said through Jehaziel. He said, look, hey, uh, you're not even going to have to fight in this battle. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Can anybody say amen? amen? Glory to God. Now, why is that possible? Because God specializes in turning hopeless situations around. You know, Elisha, prophet of God, had a young servant. And one time they got up and the, the whole, all the hillsides were surrounded by the army of the enemy. And Elisha's young servant said, oh my God, what are we going to do? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that those that be with us are more than those that be with the enemy. And how many of you know that God opened the young servant's eyes and he was able to see in the spirit realm. And as he saw in the spirit realm, he saw chariots of fire all around the hillsides. How many of you, how many of you remember that story? And, 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 and then the Bible says that, that great light struck the armies of the enemy and they were blinded and Elisha took them all and let them in 
to the, to the uh, camp and they were captured by the people that were supporting Elisha. See, what was Elisha in? He was in a hopeless situation. He was outnumbered. It looked like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, when you get to the point where you say, what are we going to do? That's a time, that's an hour to look to God because God is the God of hope and he turns hopeless situations around. If he can do it for these people, he can do it for you. Glory to God. Are you getting anything out of this today? Job lost all that he had. Why did he lose all that he had? Much we could say. All I'm going to say is he lost all that he had. But you know what? When he began to pray for his friends, the Bible says God turned the captivity of Job. And at the end, Job had twice as much as what he started with. When you're facing a hopeless situation, maybe you've lost all that you had. All hope is gone. That's not a time to give up and quit. That's a time to start praying for other people. That's a time to start praying for other people. Oh, I, I just sense the, 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 the Spirit of God real strongly saying, uh, let's get our eyes off of ourselves. And let's get our eyes out on people that, 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 that really are in some bad situations and let's help them. I don't know about you, but I, you know... Like this Mercy Ministries. These are young girls that are hurting. They've been abused in every way you can imagine. And we have an opportunity to reach out and help these people. I'm going to get involved myself. I'm going myself. My wife is going. If nobody else shows up, we're going to be there, bless God. I'm hoping that'll get off on some of you all and you'll come and join us and help us walk. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I need to walk off a few pounds anyway. And so by walking off a few pounds, I can be raising money to help these young ladies. I'll never ask to raise you to ask to raise money for this church, but I'm asking everybody, bring a special offering on that day for Mercy Ministries. Praise God. I'm going to bring a special offering. You bring a special offering. Bring the best you have. We're going to be receiving an offering right here. You can do it on the Internet and, or, and give it directly to them in the name of Summit Church, or you don't have to give it in the name of Summit Church, or you can come here on the day when we receive an offering. But we're going to receive an offering. And I like, how about, let, let, let's receive some money. Money for these girls. Can you say amen? Let's come, let, let's, but you see, oh, I'm in such a hopeless situation. What am I going to do? I'll tell you what you do. Get your eyes off yourself. And get your eyes over on helping somebody else. And as you start helping somebody else, the God will hope he'll go into operation for you and he'll meet your need. Amen? Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? This church, we're going to start reaching out like we've never reached out before. That's our lifeblood. We're going to start. We're going to help. We're going to start with Mercy Ministries. I, I tell you, we're done just sending an offering to a missionary, and that's the end of it. We're going to keep sending offerings to missionaries. Somebody say Amen. amen. But I want to get involved more in this community, hands on. Praise God. How many would like to get in there with me? Amen. Let's get some hands on. Let's get some hands on. Let's, get, let's go out. Let's start. Where are you going to start? I'm going to start with Mercy Ministries. And let's help these young girls that have been sexually abused and, and have eating disorders and have this wrong and that wrong and the other wrong. Let's start out helping them. Praise God. Can you say amen? Let's, let's get some hands on. 
Let's do more than just, we're going to still send offerings to missionaries, all right? But let's start right here in the community. Let's get our hands on. And the Lord's directed me. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to get in, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get my hands dirty, bless God. And we're going to help some people. Will you join me? Praise God. How many of you, I want this church to be more than you just coming to listen to me preach on Sunday morning, my God. Let's let it be more than that, okay? Be a true Christian. Get stirred up. God's stirring me up. There's more to this than just coming and listening to a message. Let's reach out and let's do something with what God has given us. Amen? Praise God forevermore. I'm excited. I sense the anointing. When did God turn to captivity of Job? When Job began to pray for his friends. When Job began to look out beyond himself. When Job said, I- I've got to pray for my... Let's look out beyond ourselves. Can-, can anybody say praise the Lord on that? Daniel in the lion's den, no hope. Angels showed up. Shut the lion's mouth. Hebrew children in a fiery furnace. Jesus showed up. They didn't even get burned or smell of smoke. Hezekiah. How many remembers Hezekiah? The word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said, Go over and tell Hezekiah to get his house in order. He's going to die. Now, you know what? When God tells you that you're going to die, there's not a whole lot of hope. Did you hear what I just said? This man, Hezekiah... How many's ever heard of Hezekiah? How many's read your Bible? You read I'm just highlighting some people. I'm just trying to encourage everybody today. I could give you a formal teaching and I could do it pretty good. But this is what God He just wants me to take a few people and encourage you this morning. Hezekiah had a death sentence from God. He's gonna die. Set your house in order. He's gonna die. And you know what Hezekiah did? He turned his face to the wall and he began to pray. How many of you remember that? And he began to seek God and he began to plead his case with God. And before Isaiah, the prophet, got even across the courtyard, the Lord spoke to Isaiah and said, Go back and tell Hezekiah that I'm going to give him 15 more years to live. You see, God is a God of hope and he's a God that does, he specializes in turning hopeless situations around. And we could come into the New Testament. The disciples in the storm. Fourth watch of the night. Who shows up to save them? Jesus. Jairus' daughter lay at the point of death. And then she did die. Jairus had no reason for any hope. But Jesus showed up and his daughter lived. What does Jesus specialize in? Turning hopeless situations around. That woman with the issue of blood bled for how many years? Twelve years. She had spent all that she had at the doctor. Was nothing better, rather grew worse. She was getting worse. But what happened? She came and she touched Jesus' clothes and instantly she was uh, made whole. Glory to God. What does God do? What does Jesus do? He turns hopeless situations around. Bartimaeus, remember him? He was blind. He was there by the highway side begging. He heard that Jesus was coming by. He cried out and said, Hey, oh Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people tried to shut him up and said, Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. But how many of you know Bartimaeus? He was in a hopeless situation and he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How many of you remember that it caused Jesus to stop in his tracks and he called for Bartimaeus. He said, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And he said that I might receive my sight and bless God, Jesus gave Gave him his sight back. Oh, glory to God. We serve a God that turns hopeless situations around. You don't even 
know or I put together know what some of these people went through. And if God can deliver them, He can deliver you and me. Amen? Now, how many of you, on the other hand, are glad that we don't have to live down here forever? Now, you know what I mean by that? I mean, in the here and the now, in your hopeless situation, as bad as it might be, maybe it's marital, maybe it's sickness or disease, maybe it's financial, I don't know. But whatever it is, God can turn it around. But you know what? I want to close this message by encouraging you that past this life, there's something far better that's waiting for us. And and, and I tell you what, one thing that I do daily that encourages me, it helps me, is I keep my eyes on God because I know He can turn my situation as it is right here and now. He can turn it around. But also, we've got hope out beyond this life. Notice, if you would, Titus 2.13. I do this every day when I get up in the morning and during the day and when I go to bed at night, just in my heart, I'm I'm doing this. Look at Titus 2.13. I want everybody to see this. Titus 2.13. Notice what the Bible says. Titus 2.13. Looking for, looking for, I've been looking for something. I've been looking for someone. Looking for what? The... The what? The what? It, what? Come on, folks, help me out. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. What would be His name? Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Looking for the blessed hope. How many's been looking for that blessed hope? So I mean, I realize we have to live down here on the earth. I realize that that we have to go through things. I realize that, but Jesus can turn our situation down here around. But I am glad that we don't have to stay down here forever. You know what I mean by that? Eventually, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to appear and he's going to catch the church up in what is known as the rapture. Real loud, say rapture. So how many has been looking for the blessed hope besides me? I'm looking for the blessed hope. Praise God. I'm looking for the blessed hope. What's going to happen when he comes? Go to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Go there quickly. And we'll just close by encouraging you here with this. Praise God. I'm going to be like some of these cool guys that preach. It's okay to wear a tie, they tell me. If you wear it with with the knot way down there. There. Am I cool now? All right. I'm in now, brother. All right. Now all I need is to grease my hair up and put on jeans and a $500 suit coat. And I'll be looking just like all those other preachers. Amen. Look at that. Somebody in the congregation, the anointing's on that man right there. He just pulled his tie right down. Glory to God. Can't we have a little fun? I want to have a little fun. I'm so tired of just being so proper all the time. Oh, this this make religious people a little nervous. You just got nervous. You're a little bit religious. Let me loosen you up. We ought to just start making all the guys start wearing their ties right there. Huh? No, no, I'm not going to do that. I wonder, you know, I want to try something out. I've never tried this out. I wonder if I can preach under the anointing without a tie. Okay, let's see.
Let's see if I can still preach without a tie. Glory to God. You're not going any further? You're not cool? I thought you were going to take your tie off. Oh, you're going to be all, okay. There, okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Let's have a little bit of fun. Amen. How many of you know Jesus will love us with or without a tie? Is that right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> you know, there might be some people come back next week because you took your tie off in the service. You know what I say to that? <laughs> Have you found 1 Thessalonians 4.13? You know, you know what? I, I just sense there's a couple of people thinking I'm being irreverent. You know why the people flocked around Jesus? Because he was real. And you know the children, you know how I know Jesus was real? The children wanted to be around him. He was not an old stick-in-the-mud, dry, old fuddy-duddy. He was full of the power of God. He laughed. He cried. He had emotion. Is that right? And he was real. He went over and he ate with the sinners. Is that right? And it made the religious stiff necks. It made them so upset. But Jesus went over and ate with the sinners, didn't he? He was a people person, wasn't he? Amen. Praise God forevermore. So let's get back to it. Say the blessed hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant either. Concerning those who have already died, fallen asleep, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. See, if you didn't know what that meant, you'd think that was talking about somebody sleeping in church. No, that's talking about somebody that's already died. I don't want you to be ignorant. That means unlearned. Concerning those who have already died, lest you sorrow as others who have no what? No hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believes that? I believe it. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. That's another way of saying those who have already died in Jesus. See, when you die, you want to be sure you're in Jesus. If you die out of Jesus, you go to hell. Is that right? But if you die in Jesus, you go to heaven. Is that right? So let's start in verse 1 again. I don't want you to be unlearned, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have already died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, rose again. How many believes that? Even so God will bring with Him those who have already died in who? In who? In Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have already died. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Real loud say caught up. You see, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, what did we just read about? We just read about when the blessed hope Jesus appears. What's going to happen here? The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain are going to be uh, caught up, will be changed, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, and will be caught up. Folks, we need to be thinking about that every single day. Did you hear what I just said? Because this rapture is a whole lot closer than you might think. The end time signs are in place. Jesus is getting ready to come back. He could come back at any time. 
And I tell you what, what helps me is when I get in hopeless situations and I think, oh my God, what in the world, are, what are we going to do? I tell you what, I look to God, I know that He turns hopeless situations around, but then I also start looking for that blessed hope, the returning of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church when He comes and He catches us up. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. How about you? I know the fonts is back there. He's a, Paul's in his 90s and Ruth's 80s, I think. And they, they're believing to go into rapture. You know, they live much longer. They're liable to make it, praise God. I'm trusting that they go into rapture. Wouldn't that be wonderful to go into rapture? I never have liked the idea of my body laying in the casket. I'd like to cheat the undertaker. How about you? How many like to cheat the undertaker? Well, I tell you what, you know what, whether we do or not, if we're saved, if we're in Jesus, we go to heaven. But I would like to go into rapture. How about you? So I'm keeping my, my, my trust and my faith in Jesus. I'm trusting in Him. When I get in those hopeless situations, I've had Him turn them around for me before, and He'll turn them around again. Amen? But I'm also looking forward to the great appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't have any reason to be down in the mouth. We have a reason to be upbeat and positive because we know that Jesus is coming again. Can anyone say amen? Now, if you don't have Jesus, the Bible says if you're without Christ, you have no hope. But if you have Jesus, you have hope. And I want to close in Ecclesiastes 9.4. I hope you got something out of this today. Praise God. Hallelujah. A lot of stuff happened here today I didn't have in my notes. You know when I've sensed the greatest moves of God is when I came with notes, but I got off of them. Praise God. Amen. I didn't know I was going to take my tie off. You know, it feels kind of good. Amen. Ecclesiastes 9, 4. Are you there? For him who is joined to all the living, uh, real loud, take a breath. You know, that means you're alive, doesn't it? So uh, for him who is joined to all the living, there is what? There is hope. For a living dog is better than a what? So did your Bible just tell you it'd be better to be a dog and alive than a lion and dead? Now, well, wait a minute. The lion's the king of the beast and the dog is just a dog. Yeah, I know that. But the dog is still alive. The lion isn't. So what is the Bible telling us here? As long as we have breath in us, there is hope. Like to a sinner, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, as long as you have breath in your lungs, there's hope because you can make a decision for Jesus. You can repent of your sins and ask Jesus into your heart, you see, there's hope. But once you breathe that last breath and your spirit leaves your body and you don't have Jesus as your Savior... Then there's no more hope for you, see? You go to hell for eternity, and that's a horrible thing. And and God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to make heaven. Is that right? So as long as you're alive, there's hope for you to be saved. Once you die, there's no more hope anymore, you see? How many understands that? But I also take this scripture here for us Christians. You know, as long as we're living, we can believe God and hang on to Him and trust Him because He's a God of hope. Is that right? And He can turn hopeless situations around. Is that right? Let's everybody stand. Praise God. I hope you got a little something out of this anyway. I know it was a bit unorthodox today, but I think we need a little unorthodoxy today. Praise God. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior... 
Uh, when we dismiss, you can come forward. There'll be some men and women. I don't need the altar music today. There'll be some men and women standing up here. And you can come up. They'll pray with you. I'll be up here. You can pray with me. I'll, I'll, I can lead you to Christ as well as they. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus,